Welcome to The B-Sides, a podcast for progressives who love pop music. We're your hosts. I'm Hannah. I'm Mimi. And I'm Becky. Tune in for new episodes every other Wednesday to hear our conversations on pop's place in our world. And the music you should put in your ears to fuel your reckoning with the trash fires all around us. Thanks for tuning in. Here we go. Welcome to The B-Sides. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the B-Side. This is a place where we take pop music seriously, but not ourselves. Sticking with a classic opening for today because today's a classic episode and we're so glad you're here. And today we're going to talk about us. It's us. Hi, we're the problem. It's our 50th episode and we want to look back, look forward and think about the state of pop music today. So subscribe if you haven't already. We come out every other Wednesday. Subscribing makes it easier to keep up with us and make sure to open up the description of this episode to find other ways to join this internet home. So we have some quick announcements. Uh, first, if you want to support the show, you can do that on Patreon for $5 a month. You'll receive one playlist a month, behind the scenes content, and one bonus mini episode. And we normally thank you all, but I think at this point, you know who you are. So join us at Patreon at patreon.com slash the B-Sides. Second, we now have a merch storefront on Public. We love merch and the link to that is in the show notes to buy some B-Sides merch. And lastly, join us on the internet. The link to join our Discord is in the show notes. Join us on Instagram. We also have a TikTok, Twitter, and a Facebook too, all linked below. And thanks for being on this pop music ride with us. What a ride it's been. And that's what we're going to get into today. All right. So we have five segments for today as we do our 50th episode retrospective. Segment one is a pop quiz. Segment two is a retrospective on how pop music has changed since we launched a few years ago. Segment three is going over some of our old takes. Which do we agree with? Which do we disagree with now? Segment four is going over just like how we feel about the B-sides, talking a little bit about how the podcast has changed and grown um, and some moments that we're proud of, what we remember about our early days. And finally, our last segment is what we are calling the unnecessary and uncalled for Normani Corner. More on that to come. So the way we want to get into this is I have a pop quiz for Mimi and Becky. Now, this is um, something we do sometimes for each other. And one of the reasons I wanted to do this today was because it really recalled one of the um, times I really bullied you both the most, I thought, which is when I made you answer rapid fire questions <laughs> during a pop music Q&A episode, one of our early, early episodes. Um, and it was so mean. And I well, thought it was because funny. because they were not rapid fire. <laughs> Right. It was like, it was what like is over- your well thought out take about this thing? It Go. was like some of them were rapid fire. And then it was like, if there was a playlist, some of your life, what would it be called? And it's like, that's not rapid fire. Right. Anyway, go on. I hope this one is a little less mean. That's my hope. Okay. Okay. I only have a few questions for you. Mimi and Becky, so you'll each, you'll each answer and then I'll tell you what the right answer is. Okay. Which episode do you think is our most downloaded episode? The one about TikTok. That's Becky's answer. 
What's Mimi's answer? Most downloaded. Is that yeah. the same as most streamed? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Or I think it, I mean, the number we have is this is the same. Okay. Gotcha. I think TikTok too then. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Yay. My other thought would be like a Taylor Swift something or other, but I, yeah. I think I've seen the numbers recently and I think, yeah, TikTok. Yay. Yeah. It's TikTok. TikTok on the clock, episode 30. Um, Which do you think, this is harder to answer. Which do you think is our least downloaded episode? <laughs> Ooh. I would say it's one of the earlier ones. Yeah. It um, is. Uh, one of the, uh, maybe the ones about like, the like revolutionary stuff or not revolutionary, but. Yeah. Resistance music. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. Screw that's that. That's option. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> screw resistance music. Definitely one of those. Uh, although that was our second episode. So I feel like when people start at the beginning, they may end up there pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, Great thought process. Uh, mm, it's hard to say. You don't have to answer if you're just like, it's hard to say. Well, I, yeah. And I don't remember the episode titles, but I'm going to arrange something in the episode five to ten number range episode eight nice episode eight which was one of my episodes that i still think was awesome (laughs) which is called literally what is pop music Mm. and i actually feel like that's a foundational text for the entire podcast i think it should be required listening for the b-sides podcast because we talk about pop music all the time and we only took the chance took the time to define it once and no one listened. So jokes we, on them. We also moved to Anchor after yes. that episode came out. So that's right. Maybe they I, didn't. I think it's true. The numbers. It's, yeah, I think it's true that it's probably like one of the least listened to, just because of where it is. But it still probably has yeah significantly. It had significantly more listens than we will ever see on Anchor, probably. But I agree. And- Foundational. And I'm going to link it in today's episode in case anybody would like to listen to our literally what is pop music episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next question. This is a two-part question because it has a bonus. When do you think season two started? And bonus question, what was the episode that was the premiere of season two? I got this, I think. You actually know? Yeah. I think season two started in October 2020. And I think the first episode was about positions by Ariana Grande. Becky, what do you think? I think it was around that time too, but are we not counting the Glee like miniseries? We're not counting the Glee miniseries, which was long, which oh, was been running I up to yeah. Have no idea. So I go with Meet Me. Um the premiere was in October 2020. And the topic was why it's sexist to hate pop music. Oh my gosh. I forgot about that one. I know. And then immediately afterwards was positions, I think. Oh, I that was a good one. Yeah. I liked that one too. After. Immediately after. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. See, that one too feels foundational. And yeah. sometimes I think that gets lost as a result. Yeah. Okay. I'll link it in the description too. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. Wow. 
It was a little bit of a clickbaity title, but it's true. It's like there, we just, in that episode, if you haven't listened, we explored um, some of the um, dimensions of like oppression that uh, impact why people sometimes just say that they hate pop music. Yeah, that's so funny. Because when I said positions, I was like, I feel like pretty confident about this. But I also think that's a really weird topic to start a season off of, sort of. So I don't know why we did that. And then the it's, answer is we didn't. We it's speak. funny that you thought that because that's what I thought the answer was too before I looked it up. So okay. it must have just been like a very memorable way to launch. Or like maybe it also just like really placed us in time because that was a very October 2020 like album and song. Yeah. That was also when we started being like, which we'll talk more about later when we were like, we need to talk about the term girl boss again. We need yes. to start talking about this. People our- loved our girl boss episode. I love putting it together. Yeah. It's a good one. Okay. Last question. Another walk down memory lane. Who was our first guest? And what was the topic? I think it's with Dan that we did it without you, Hannah. No. Or Logan. I think it's Logan too, unless it's Miranda. Ooh. Mimi wins. It was Miranda. Yay! Episode, I think, nine, Miranda Fenneberger. We went over the golden age of Disney stars. We did Miley, Jonas Brothers, Demi, and Selena. It was a long episode because there's so much to say about those people. And Miranda is an expert in astrology, so we also had a little bit of an astrological bend to it. And then the very next episode was Logan, my now husband, Logan Bayroff, and he was talking about pop music and masculinity. And I thought that's an interesting conversation, but I'm a little biased. So of course I do. But I think and then Dan music was and- like, Dan Bayroff, yeah. like three or four episodes after that, I think. Yeah. But all in season one. All in season one. Yeah. Yay. You both scored aces on your pop quiz, your pop, pop quiz. Oh, thanks for that. That wasn't so bad, even though we didn't get all the answers, right? Good. I'm glad. All right. So um, the first, I mean, I'm sorry. The next thing I want to get into is how pop music has changed since we lost this podcast in 2019, June 2019. So I have some things to share and and would love Mimi, Becky, for you to add your thoughts. Um, So June 2019, we launched this podcast. And honestly, pop music feels like it was different even just a few years ago. Um, I think in just a few years, a few things happened with this endeavor, the B-Sides, which started as a newsletter in 2017, actually almost exactly around this time in 2017. So it's been a minute. It's kind of nuts how long the B-Sides has been around. Um, So a few things happened. First, I personally crossed over from my 20s into my 30s. Well, the three of us all did. Um, but from speaking personally, I do think I've moved away from being as like deep in the top 40 as I was just a few years ago, but I don't think it's just me. I, I don't, I think this isn't helped by what we've talked about a number of times on this show, the end of ubiquity, the end of a monoculture, the end of that one song everybody knows. This was definitely dying in the late 2010s for sure. But by now, I think it's gone. It's just gone. Um, this is why you have people being rude on the internet to whoever is number one on the charts. I don't know about you. I feel like I see this all the time, whether it's SZA or Taylor Swift or 
uh, anybody else suggesting like, there's no way this song or this album could be number one because I've never even heard it. Do you guys hear this kind of take in your lives? Do you come across this take? How could this be number one? I've never even heard it. I think, I think I hear some version of that. Like it may not be like, this can't be, um, number one. Cause I haven't heard of it. It's just like people assuming that someone isn't massively like a massively impactful artist because they don't pay attention to it. So some version of that. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I have a really stupid story about a former coworker that I want to share very quickly about this, which is that, um, a few years ago, so it would be even more so now I had a very funny conversation with a coworker where she was saying that Taylor Swift isn't famous and her argument. And she is probably 15 years older than me and I'm 30 and, or maybe even less, um, maybe we're closer in age. She was just like, I don't know her songs. And for someone to be famous, everyone should know their songs. And I was just like, that's not how the world works anymore. Like the, you know, my, my dad tells incredibly powerful stories about when Thriller came out and everyone was watching and everyone was listening and it was on every boombox and every car. And those moments just don't exist anymore. But she was like, her argument wasn't even like Taylor Swift isn't talented, which is something I've had to, I've heard before, or, you know, I don't like her music. Her argument was literally Taylor Swift isn't famous. And I was like, you don't understand what fame looks like <laughs> in today's society. Say what you want about Taylor Swift. She's famous. That's so funny. And like <laughs> to you specifically, I feel like if if there's someone that would piss off, but also like yeah. find funny, I think you would be, you're the one. <laughs> so Yes. She found a great target. Yeah. So what we're seeing is that there's like more and more artists who have fewer and fewer fans, but those fans go really hard, right? Like people really stand their artists and it's not a problem to niche down. And it's not a problem for fans to love smaller artists or to, you know, to, to love artists who are not the Michael Jackson of their time and to share that love with, with our community. I know that we, you know, we all really enjoy when we stand an artist who has a relatively small reach, compared to some of the biggest pop stars, and then they get more attention. It feels amazing. The example that came to mind for me was Muna. Um, the B-Sides has featured Muna for years. Um, I love Muna. I think they're incredibly talented and they make amazing pop music. And then Silk Chiffon came, became popular on TikTok and you know people like heard it and, and their reach really skyrocketed. And it felt, it was a wonderful feeling. It was like really exciting. Um, so those moments, like there's a, there's a new kind of fan love that I think has emerged from the end of ubiquity, but I miss those call me maybe moments. I miss the baby one more time moments, even the, in my feelings moments to, to share a more recent example, that was summer 2019, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, and it's not impossible to have a moment like that anymore, but I, they're fewer and farther between. And I think I actually think that the exceptions prove the rule. Like when there is a song that really breaks through and everyone hears it, I think it feels very, very um, unique. So Becky, Mimi, I'm curious, how have your relationships with the top 40 changed over the years? And especially since the podcast started in 2019. Okay, I love this question because 
I mean, I think it, I, I just think it's really interesting. Like I used to know just about everything on top 40. And part of that is due to TRL, which we, and, and, and uh, more of a monoculture, as you just talked about, Hannah. Um, that was not true by 2019 when we started this podcast. And it's like even less true now, for sure, like a precipitous drop. I just um, looked up US Top 40 and, and I was like, I recognize 25% of these songs just about. Uh, and then, and some I was like, oh, this is still up here. Like First Class by Jack Harlow. I was like, this was here in April. This is here now still. Okay. Um, more experientially, I just like never listen to the radio anymore. And I don't drive as much. And I'm not like out at bars or other venues that might play as often, like not even close. And so basically I was like, I'm no longer making memories, (laughs) LOL with top 40, like, which sounds like so (laughs) corny. Um, And it is, but it, but it's like, it's real. It's like, you know, it used to be, it, it used to be um, a real sort of soundtrack for better or worse. And I just also don't think it's for me anymore, like it used to be. So that's that's where I'm at with that. Becky, what about you? Okay, I think I have an, an opposite take. I think I listen to, a, like, I know a lot of Top 40, and I partially maybe because I'm out more, like, at bars that I hear more Top 40. Um, and because I ride Peloton, I am exposed to a lot of what's on Top 40 lists, even if I don't yeah. go, like, listen to it afterwards. I'll hear it again on like reels or TikToks. And since like we know many of those songs originate there and then become top 40 and not yeah. by, now they're not top 40 songs that become there that I could I name you a song? No, but if I heard it, I'd be like, oh, I know that song. When I looked at the top 40 list, I was like, oh, I know a lot of these songs because um, whether or not I heard it like on the bike or I heard it on a reel, um, et cetera. Peloton is keeping you relevant. Yeah. Yeah. They use, I mean, like they do a lot of, top 40 or top 40 keeps them relevant you know yeah they also do like their top 50 songs of the year ride which is like songs that they play and a lot of them are top 40 songs but a lot of them are also older songs that are now on the top 40 list too and i don't know if that's a phenomenon that we're seeing now but a lot of songs i think because of reels and tiktok have become older songs are now on the top 40 list again do you feel emotionally even if you like you you knew the top 40 songs you know, five to 10 years ago, you know, the top 40 songs now, do you feel emotionally different, like differently connected to them? I think that for top 40 songs for me, I feel more connected to the songs that are top in the summer because I'm out more and I'm out being more social than too. And I think this past summer, I knew a lot of the songs too, that I feel a different relationship to top 40 than I do in the winter. Oh my God. That's so interesting. That's, that's really interesting. I actually sort of feel that way too. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing with this is that in 2020, when it was still, when people were still acknowledging that there is a pandemic, um, as they are not anymore, um, there were like some songs that came out. It was a really interesting time. And we have talked about this in a different episode about what 2020 did to music. Uh-huh. Um, but there were like new songs and there were lyrics in one of them about like being at a party. And I was like, oh, I, it was like November, 2020. And I was like, I, yes. cannot, I can no longer relate. 
is this safe? Like, what are we, so I don't know. There've been like several phases since we started this podcast and it's just sort of interesting to think, to cycle through all of those and like, think about how we, how we relate at each point. But I agree. I think summer it's easier in the summer. Yeah. And I do just want to assuage anyone's worries that um, we don't have our fingers on the pulse of culture. We still, I think the three of us are still, um, we're, I think we're being a little bit like critical because that is our job on this podcast. But I think the three of us are more connected to pop music than the average consumer. Obviously Mm -hmm. it is our side hustle. In fact, to feel and remain connected. So don't worry. We're not losing relevancy folks. We're just, it's the, the landscape has shifted and we are a part of that landscape and it changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we wouldn't even have that much of a sense how it has shifted if we weren't. Yeah. So yeah, we're on it, girl. We're on ball, it, side hustle, <laughs> etc. I love it. Okay, fabulous. Um, okay, our next section is going over some of our old takes. We're gonna talk about which takes do we still stand by, which would we change, and I think we should start with that one. Let's go through some takes we would disagree with now that we have said in the past. So, Mimi, how about you start? Okay. So, I mean, obviously we all had some incorrect takes during our no, 2020 predictions never. episode. <laughs> uh, in that episode, episode 18, I predicted the chicks would become a regular part of the national conversation again, which I stand by at the time being yes. not a, a bad take, but I did not know that the national conversation was going to be quite full of other things that I did not predict in 2020. So that's one in terms of like in a more like substantive way, I guess episode seven on pop music conspiracy theories, which I loved doing. I'll say what I didn't like in a second, but I'm just going to like read what I had written and said at the time. Um, just so you don't have to refer back to that entire episode and find where I said it. So I said, and this is pre, this is like summer 2019, pre pandemic onset, pre insurrection, et cetera. I here's how I talked about conspiracy theories. I said that they have been around for a long time. They're always around, but their power sort of ebbs and flows depending on the cultural landscape of the moment. In moments of great social upheaval, they can provide a sort of concrete form, enemy solution for more nebulous or complicated anxieties. For example, feeling locked out of social mobility or meaningful political processes. Um, There are sort of two sides to them. As I see it, on one hand, they can be a natural, healthy result of real social issues and public discussion and general fun speculation. On the other hand, they have often and lately coincided with real regenerations of historically terrible movements like nationalism and white supremacy, also anti-vaxxing, crisis acting, climate change is a hoax, etc. And I think that when we do embrace that. I'm not sure who I meant by we in this moment, but it's because one, they can be fun in terms of story arc and the act of speculating. And two, the truth is often complicated and more difficult to grapple with than a gut level, emotional, fantastical conspiracy. On some level, they provide a split mirror of what we want to be true or what we're afraid is true. Okay. So I don't totally, so now I'm talking as me in 2023. Yes, I don't totally disagree with that. But I feel like I didn't really take conspiracy theories as seriously as I do now. Like I, I, anti-vaxxing was there, but it wasn't where it is now. And like all sorts of things like that. And so I, and 
there are like harmless ones that I do still think are fun, but on the whole, I think they are bad. And so I think what I probably would have done differently is maybe taken it a little more seriously and approach the specific ones here at like, which I had as more of a listicle without Mm. much exposition. I would probably format it differently because, and, and think about them like thematically because I think that's probably more useful so like here are some like political ones that are here here is Britney Spears being um like a ploy of the Bush administration to distract you know like like that and here here are silly ones like um Jay-Z is a time traveler from this 1933 photo or something like that you know but all of that said um it's still a fun episode I, it's still worth uh, listening to, but I would probably do more exposition and do it a little differently. I think about that episode a lot too, Mimi. And I was going to, I was, I was thinking about talking about it in this section as well for exactly these reasons. Like I'm, I think it was really fun to go through, but the fun of it almost hides the seriousness of like the conversation that needs to happen Mm -hmm. now about conspiracy theories. And the other piece that I think we would bring to it now just like the different perspective besides all the pieces that you mentioned is the conspiracy theories that we ourselves, or I will use I statements that I myself have dived more into than ever before around Taylor Swift, because Mm. there's, it honestly, frankly, gives me a window into dangerous conspiracy theorists. When I myself find, find myself like falling into conspiracy theories, I'm like, okay, I understand how this happened. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay, maybe we should do some sort of follow-up with that. Revisited. Yeah, that's a really good point. Cool. Becky? Yeah, mine will be a, a, a much not as long. Um oh, it's wow. quick because Lizzo <laughs> in her in her documentary. Uh, which everyone should watch. It talks about how she was hurt with a lot of people who say that she makes music for white people. And this was a take I argued as well in 2019, that basically that the administration is the reason why she became so famous because white people wanted to feel something and support a black artist. And I think now that this take is diminutive of Lizzo's actual talent and success and she fought and clawed to be where she is. And to say that black people to listen to her music is reductive. So I I regret that. Can I ask a follow-up question? uh is is there a like a moment or a time when you feel like you came to that realization I know you said in the documentary but like when you watched the documentary were you were you like oh interesting or were you like oh yeah I I have seen that for a while now because you know since since 2019 um Trump has been out of office but obviously a specter but also you know we had the the racial justice reckonings in 2020 that unfortunately have not reckoned as much as they should have. Um, but still they, you know, they brought a lot of the, they brought a lot of, um, consciousness to a lot of related issues. I think, I think hearing her say it directly, uh, in the doc made me think about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's real. I think that's a really helpful, it's also just like a, it's a helpful recalibration of an instinct that we had that I like, I think there's, I I understand how we arrived at that conclusion at the time. And I'm glad that we got a chance to, to think about it differently now. And a lot of people arrived at the same conclusion and that's kind of what everyone should watch the documentary. And, and I do think that 
it's a larger discussion of like pop music being for white people, but yes. less about how hurtful it is to say to a black woman that your music is just for white people. That's yeah. huge. For sure. Awesome. Okay. Mine is also about a specific artist and is also in the 2020 predictions episode that Mimi was referencing earlier. I have a whole nother section um, about a specific prediction that we made um, coming up in a few, in a few sections from now. Okay. In the 2020 predictions episode, I said, right when we get, sorry, right when we all get used to Billie Eilish, there's a new Billie Eilish. Okay. So I think this is like kind of true, but mostly not for a few reasons. What I think I meant was that like there will be a new, very, very famous, like weird girl making weird girl pop music. And the truth is, like, I was wrong for two reasons. One, like, Billy is Billy. Billy Eilish is Billy Eilish. There, there are a lot of people who are trying to sing like her and who are trying to make music like her, but there is no one yet, at least, who has gotten even close to the like hugeness of her stardom. Um, and the other thing is, I don't think I realized how much staying power she would have. Um, I think I thought of her as. I mean, I, I, in 2019, I thought she was talented. I loved that album that had come out. Um, but I thought there she was going to be kind of like one of a bunch. But no, she's one in a million. She has a lot of staying power and uh, like really, really unique. So I think that um, I'm happy to be wrong about that prediction. Mm. Yeah, I can see. I can still see why you said that, though. Uh-huh. Like I thought that made total sense at the time. And yeah. part of that is just her going from crossing over from being a teenager to a 20 something too. And it crystallizing that she's like here to stay hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's go to takes. We would double down on what are some takes we totally agree with Becky. Why don't you start? I stand by everything I said about country girls who are making pop music, uh, Maren Morris, Kelsey Bellarini and, or, uh, and Casey Musgraves, uh, these ladies are leading the revolution of country music and I'm happy to have talked about them so early. They're still great. Um, okay. Mine is actually something we've already talked about in this episode. So I'll be relatively brief in episode eight. What is pop music? Our least downloaded episode, according to our platform, I said, at this point, I just don't think top 40 and pop music have almost anything to do with each other. And for all the reasons we discussed earlier and more, I agree with my past self. I think pop music is a genre and top 40 is a descriptor and they used to be much more of a Venn diagram, never a complete circle, but more of a Venn diagram. And I think at this point, they're very far apart. And some of the best pop music is not, is not even to say it's not charting is an understatement. It's not even close to where, uh, where a chart would be. Mm-hmm. I so agree. Doubling down. Doubling down. Okay. This is like so obnoxious because I'm the only one reading things that I have. Yeah, I love past. it. <laughs> but um Mimi goes back to primary sources. Yeah, which are also <laughs> myself. Um, but also these are, I mean, they are related to pop music, but they also do veer off, which is like part of why I'm redefining what I said. Okay. I stand by everything I said in our 2021 episode about girl bossery, episode 34. 
And most of the segments, like I thought the segments we had were fun. Uh, so I, here's how I defined it. I defined being a girl boss as a, a smoke and mirrors corporate feminism, which is to say not feminism, not equitable. It's the idea that instead of dismantling a system that has created catastrophic inequities and given white men in particular absurd amounts of power forever, let's embrace the system and work within it to snag some power for ourselves on an individual basis, ladies. It's trickle-down feminism, which is still not feminism. It's a scam the caste girl power combined with hustle as the key to success. And the answers to life's problems, which is absurd in the face of most individual struggles, but also in the face of racial capitalism and climate disaster and lack of health care, the list goes on. It actually works to legitimize a system responsible for most problems and urges mostly white women not to question the system. And it equates financial success with rightful authority. I think that has only like, like a fine wine that, I mean, it was only 2021, but I feel like that has aged fairly well. And I like the various elements of the conversation. Like we had our own takes. We went through the history of the term. We went through, we applied it to pop songs in a game I called Girl Boss or Girl Bossed. Um, <laughs> and we did also have, I will say we had like a new segment on Britney Spears because there was a lot going on with her conservatorship at the time. And maybe I would not have that in this episode now, but it was, it was, it felt right at the time. So I, I, I will stand by it. I love it. Definitely doubling down on all of those pieces. And it feels like more and more, um, I feel like when we first started talking about girl bossing, um, or we first started criticizing girl bossing or talking about girl bossing with an eye roll a few years ago, it was, it felt like a silly thing. And these days it feels more and more like, this is not silly. This is like a actual this is like a problematic paradigm that it has like negative consequences on the world. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. This is like an ideology that has yeah. like taken hold, even though we thought it was a joke. Yep. All right. Okay. Our next section is about up and coming artists that we predicted. Um, okay. In 2019, we did a Q&A episode, which was really fun. A bunch of people asked a bunch of questions and we just, we answered them. Someone had asked us, who are some up and coming artists? And here's who we said. I said, Normani and LMA. Becky said, I Lauren Elena and Kelsey Ballerini. And Mimi said, Rita Ora, psych, which was funny and is still funny. Um, Khalid, Megan the Stallion, King Princess, and Snail Mail. Okay, so how do we feel about those calls now? What are your thoughts? I think Lauren Elaine has kind of fallen off, um, but Kelsey Ballerini has had a new album released this past year. She toured with the Jonas Brothers. She toured by herself. I think she's definitely rising in that like country pop space. She's big. Mm-hmm. And she's queer, and it's amazing. And her song with Fletcher is so good. Yeah, she's definitely on the, on the ups. And she was great when Hannah and I saw her opening one of the 4,000 openers for the Jonas Brothers. Yeah, they literally <laughs> had. Was it five openers, Becky? Or was it four? Yeah, it was like, it was, it was uh, four short openers. They did like two songs. Then Kelsey did like, you know, 45 minutes set. worth. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, too many openers. But Kelsey was great. Yay. Um. Okay, obviously Megan Thee Stallion yeah it's become like so much more famous 
and beloved and treated yeah. terribly and beloved um since 2019 so i really stand by that one i think everyone else on this list is like doing well but not i don't know if they have like kind of blown up in the same way um and yeah hannah what do, what do you think of of your takes so we'll talk about normani in depth soon so I'll hold my Normani thoughts and LMA. I still think, I think her name is LMA and not LMI. I think the fact that I still don't know how to say her name maybe speaks to that. She's not as famous as I thought. Um, I thought her, I believe it was a 2019 album, but it might've been 2018 was amazing. And then she was like featured in an Ed Sheeran video as like the artist you need to know. I remember, um, I still think that she could have like a really successful career. Um, and I'm, I was pleasantly surprised to see this, to see her name in my like previous um, answer. I, I would not include her in an answer to this question right now. It just wouldn't even occur to me, but I'm still rooting for her. So we'll see. Nice. We'll see. Okay. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to do a little retrospective about the podcast itself. And then we're going to have an unnecessary and uncalled for Normani Corner. We'll be right back. Yay. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back. So let's just like talk about ourselves for a little bit because isn't that fun to do as a society? Um, I'm curious, like Becky, Mimi, what do you remember about like our early days? How do you think about them differently? Or I don't know, curious your thoughts about our our early days being baby podcasters. Uh, I feel, well, there are some like big, differences for sure hannah and i used to record together almost always in my apartment um which was fun yeah in this closet and that was fun um but i also like look back at that and i'm like becky well you can tell me but i'm like that must be hard as the other person especially when we were as inexperienced as we were so we weren't we have some like sort of protocols in place that we didn't have at the time. Um, and so I think there's that, you know, pre-pandemic, just totally different world in some ways. I didn't really know Becky. So like when Becky would say her opinion, I wouldn't always know what it was going to, I mean, not that we always know each other's opinions, but I, Becky was more of a wild card to me. And now I feel like I know Becky well, which is nice. Um, and then I just also remember that we used to do three segments, including the A sides and the U sides, which were like pop music sort of headlines of the moment. And then um, listener feedback, questions, things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was just, I just feel like I don't even like approach pop music news in the same way anymore, which we sort of talked about earlier. So I think, I think that's kind of interesting. 
What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. And I also just think we've become more like thoughtful with the way that we research and present information. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I I kind of missed I missed the A sides and the U sides as being little segments because I thought they were funny. But they, I remember they like really added stress because we like wanted to make sure that the A sides were like very much breaking news, which mm-hmm. meant we wanted to record them as close as possible to the release date. So sometimes we would even record like an A side separately from the rest of the episode. And it was like unnecessary because I actually don't think people, I think people come to this um, podcast wanting some takes on things that are like relevant in the news. And we do sometimes come out with podcast episodes that are like about something happening right now. I'm thinking of like the Lil Nas X episode we did about um like a specific song a specific music video that was having backlash but i think mostly our episodes are much more evergreen now and i think that's what people want and mm-hmm. i think that's what we want because it gives us more like time and space to think about things to research things to edit episodes to both of your yeah. points yeah nice yeah oh i i think like the other thing i would just say is that there just weren't that many podcasts. Like there were a lot. There still were a lot in 2019. Yeah. It wasn't like a unique idea and they had been around a while, but there have been so many since then. And like in 2020, every single celebrity like realized and and regular person like us realized that um, podcasting was a thing they could do and some of them could monetize it. And so it just feels... I don't know. I think I would double down on our format. Like I love a long form, more casual podcast rather than a very produced one. Uh, and everyone is different with that. I know people who feel differently, but yeah, I just think that is so interesting because it just feels it sort of like the rest of the internet. It just feels like so crowded now yeah. in a way that it, it wasn't a few years ago or longer, but yeah, definitely. What do you think we've done especially well? Or like, what do you think, what are you proud of? I think that our episode topics have been relevant and yet evergreen, like I was saying earlier, and hopefully have really given people a chance to think about pop music more critically, which was the whole point after all. And I do think we are achieving that goal. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I agree with that. I think that we've we've been like becky said we've been more sort of like thoughtful and intentional with time the way that we frame things um and the topics we choose in some cases and so i think that is great i think we've like handled a lot of subjects with care even though i literally told kelly clarkson to read a book in the last episode um but on the whole i think we've handled things with care and i i love all the guests we've had um, not that we've had a ton, but just like sort of ones that we've intentionally asked me on the podcast. And I think we've made some fun memes over the last three years, yes. especially Hannah, but I think all of us have made some, uh, have some, have created some content on Instagram that I think is, is fun. It's funny. This is going to sound a little trite, but I'm realizing that the things I'm proud of are times when I was very scared to do something and then we did it and we did it well. 
Mm-hmm. So like, to, like some things on the internal side include like launching the Patreon, which I was really scared to do because I thought no one would join it and I was going to be embarrassed. So it took me a long time, but people joined it and it's like been very beautiful. And same with the Discord. I was very scared to launch it and um, it's become like a beautiful place on the internet, which was what we wanted. But the other piece you reminded me, Mimi, was um, there were a few topics that that I think I at least was scared to dive into because I think that when um, casual critics dive into certain topics, they do it very badly and it can like actually cause harm. I'm thinking of the way we talked about drug use in um, a Demi Lovato episode. Like I remember we we talked about that episode a lot before actually deciding to do it mm-hmm. um, because it was really it's really hard. Um, and also even the Travis Scott episode from just recently, I think was one that like we could have gotten really wrong. Um, and I'm sure we didn't do it perfectly, but I do think in general, we try to be very thoughtful and hopefully that pays off. Totally. And those are both episodes that you bottom line. And I think you did an amazing job and you thought about both of them and others like very far in advance. Yeah. And that's nice. I just think, I just think that's great. And um yeah I don't know if like you know if some of those episodes can people can relate to us or know us better because we share our perspectives within them and treat them carefully like I think you know that says something about us that says something about our listeners that says something about the topics we choose and I also just want to like underscore what you said about Patreon and, and Discord I think they're like such great places on the internet well discord i mean for the most part both yeah (laughs) both join our patreon um but uh yeah like there's there's so much not good stuff on the internet that um it's it's really nice and we you know we owe that to all the people who have tuned in to our podcast Yeah. yeah i'm proud of our gritty t-shirts that was a fun oh hell yeah and in terms I of what like I, sure 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 <laughs> as the non-philly person but they were really good they but were you really obliged cute. yeah you were like all right they were funny <laughs> i would like us to do some other fun merch run this year which but speaking of patreon the the um in full transparency we paid um a graphic designer like an artist and we paid um a small business that does screen printing to do all of that. So we did not, we definitely did not make money from that run and we almost lost money. And the only way we could do that was from the Patreon money that we were getting in. So thank you to, again, to our patrons. That was like totally a game changer for us. Um, it's just a reminder that in this world you have to like, it's not just that you have to spend money to make money. You have to have money to spend money (laughs) to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe this year we can do something else. Um, so if anybody has any ideas for merch or other fun runs like that, I'd love to hear them because that would be really fun. There's got to be something. There could even be a new, well, probably not gritty, but maybe there's going to be a new Taylor Swift moment. There's got to be. Or something else. Oh my God. We can make like shirts to wear to an era's tour or something that are like um, silly. Yeah. Oh, but that would be sad for all of our friends who are lis- all of our listeners who haven't gotten tickets yet. <laughs> That's true. Also, oh God, speaking of, I, I saw on this Ticketmaster debacle. I saw on Reddit that Ticketmaster like oversold some seats and like we're emailing people like, oh, we're really sorry, but someone bought your seats. So like here are other ones and they were like what? worse than they were. It's like it just keeps getting worse. 
my God. <sighs> yeah. And I was just going to add that the gritty shirts are also great for wearing to an Eras tour. Absolutely. They stand alone. They stand on their own. Another thing I'm proud of is the way we talked about Olivia Rodrigo in our Olivia Rodrigo episode. I'm thinking a lot about the episodes that I bottom line because those I think that for each of us, those like stand, you know, the most they have the most impression for us. Um, but I think that we were like really critical about like catching the moment when a star is blowing up and or like a like a pop star is being made and like watching that happen in real time. And I definitely think we're getting a new album this year. I just think the last album was 2021. I wouldn't be surprised if she's on the typical two year album cycle. So I think we're going to get a chance to to see some of our predictions in, happen in real time, unfold in real time, and like continue to have um, moments of gut checks as a society about how we treat pop stars when they're like becoming like big. So I think I'm proud of how we did that. I think we laid a lot of good groundwork and I think that groundwork is going to pay off this year or next when she has a new album. Yeah. I think that we entered this podcast with like millennials still being like the young adult generation and we are still young adults. Damn it. But, (laughs) but sometime during the pandemic, um, Gen Z has become that new, like Gen Z is that girl now. Yeah, absolutely. And we were always like hated on by boomers. So that's fine. And we probably still will be like cast as that sort of, you know, whatever they want to call us, uh, avocado toast, whatever nonsense, but like they, they're, they're that generation now, Gen Z. And I just think that we can do what we have been doing, which is take on board like new trends and new things that come up and recognize our space as millennials in a different generation, but also not like some people really are just sort of falling to whatever like a Gen Z TikTok influencer says is in right now. And it's like, hey, this person is like 21. Like, That doesn't mean their opinion isn't valid, but they are figuring out who they are. And that is a lifelong process, but I feel like it is way more in flux at their age than it is at ours. And so like, I don't need to fall to every trend. Like I can, you know, I don't know. I I don't know if that makes sense, but I just feel like we can still double down on like being the age that we are and having the experiences we've had and not be like, well, we got to shift course because Gen Z says like, this is in, or I mean, literally yeah. those in and out lists, which are funny, but you yeah. know, does that make any sense? Mimi's putting in and out lists in the out column. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. I also think that we have been able, I mean, part of the journey that we have um, talked about, shared about, about our own pop music fandom journeys that we talk about a lot on this show and that people relate to a lot on this show is being able to like go from oh he he I like I thought call me maybe was actually really good to actually being like I think there that pop music is a worthy genre to be a fan of and I'm like happy and proud to be a fan and I think that a lot of us have had those moments of growth with you know I think that it happens a lot when you really figure out what you love and why and feel like 
proud to articulate that. I think that happens in your 20s, but it can happen at any time. Um, and I think that that helps us hold fast and not feel pulled to different trends because we've actually kind of said, no, like, this is what I love. This is what brings me joy. I know what kind of music to click on on Spotify that will like give me a, a hit of dopamine. Like I know, I know what that is and I'm not feeling like I pressure to go from new thing to new thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Are we ready for our last segment? Yeah. Okay. This is the unnecessary and uncalled for Normani corner. Welcome. Why is this a part of our 50th episode retrospective? I, I don't know. I, I, Cause I feel like it and we can do whatever we want. And because we've been on the record rooting for her in so many different episodes that I was like finding when I was going through our episodes in preparation for this one. So it just feels relevant to be like retrospective. Okay. Mm -hmm. So some context. In 2019, we were really, really ready. We were just, we were ready for Normani to blow up. And I was looking at our early episodes. We mentioned her a lot. She opened for Ariana Grande in 2019 in her 2019 tour and motivation. um, Normani's song came out in summer 2019 and it was so good. She had had a bunch of singles, but motivation felt different because it was so good because Max Martin wrote it with Ariana Grande and Normani because the music video was like immediately iconic. And on our last episode of 2019, we've now referenced this a number of times. We did this like 2010s decade overview and made some predictions for the future. And we all predicted all, all three of us that Normani was the artist to watch for the next decade. So we're only a few years into the next decade. There's still time. But Mimi, Becky, at this point, are you still expecting Normani to blow up? Okay, I have to say no, at least not through music, because I don't now I don't think that she really wants to be a music artist. And I it's totally possible I'm wrong. It's totally possible that there's something going on with labels and, and like other, you know, production things behind the scenes that we don't know about. But kind of what you were gesturing to, I really feel like so many people loved motivation so much, like critical acclaim yeah. and, and we're so ready to support her next phase and project, the song, the music video, like all of it. The Muna cover. Just, remember the Muna cover? Yes. Yes. So yeah. good. I just remembered that. Yeah. And she just, she didn't really do anything with that. I think, I, I think someone who really wanted to be a music artist would have done a lot more by now, or at least would be out here talking about it way more in the past three years. I understand there are other things that could be going on, but I just feel like there was so much momentum uh, from a fan perspective, which is sort of rare in that sort of situation. And so the fact that like, you know, she's done a few things here and there, but not too much makes me feel like that's that's not her way but I'm curious to know what you think yeah I think the world is so wacky right now the pandemic definitely stunted whatever growth she was gonna have she did release two songs in 2022 yeah um that we didn't really talk about that much because they didn't make such big of a splash but she is like making music I think she probably lost a lot of her footing uh as did a lot of artists and either like we saw with with Taylor who like came back with like a lot of work she might have like she might not have had the creative inspiration to like do 
you know, to like ride the wave from being on tour with Ariana Grande. So I have no idea. Uh, it's a, it's a wacky world right now. So mm-hmm. I don't know, but she did release those two songs and one is with Calvin Harris. So yeah, she's yeah. definitely out there. Well, Hannah? let's hear what Normani has to say for herself about this. Okay. Well, here's what she said about the album this past summer to bustle quote. I understand that waiting might not be the easiest in regards to supporting me, but I think that people really don't understand, especially coming out of a girl group, what most may have thought was the perfect time for me to release during motivation was not it at all because I would have put out a body of work that I wasn't confident in. Okay. She continued. And then personal life stuff taking place. A lot of people still don't know. My mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. I wanted to go home. And the reason I was able to push through was because me being in the studio and me working through finishing the album, got her through chemo and got her through the whole process, which was very, very devastating to our family. People are so quick to speak, but don't know to my fans. I appreciate, I'm appreciative because they've walked with me and they have been patient and I know it's frustrating, but I would ask for them to trust me. Hmm. And because she asks, I feel like I have to, but I do think there, I think that there's something with the record label happening here. That's Mm -hmm. my like, completely uneducated based on nothing take that I think I think I wonder if the record label was wanting her to wait until like summer 2020 and then when the pandemic happened they like lost all of their strategy and like are now not prioritizing her but if she's been recording for now going on four years for an album like we hear stories of this Ray actually is an example of someone who um, is like now just starting to to get bigger. If you haven't heard of Ray, I do think you will soon. Um, and like her, there's so many stories of artists who like their record label was sitting on a record for a long time. And I just feel like there's, I feel like that might be happening here. Mm-hmm. I, I could see that for sure. Yeah. And, and her whole personal life, everything with her mom, like all of that should yeah. take precedence. And so I'm proud of her for, putting that first um because that is that is like the thing to do and having to deal with that um but yeah it was more just a feeling for me that in addition to anything in her personal life in addition to the entire pandemic upending things that I just don't hear her really like talk about music ever really in a way where I feel like she wants to be a music artist but I am totally ready to be wrong and if she puts something out I will support it And per our earlier conversation, the concept of quote unquote blowing up doesn't look the same as it used to even a few years ago. So she, you know, Becky reminded us she's put out, it's like, like she has been putting out singles. She just hasn't put out an album ever. Like I was going to say yet, but it's like literally ever. She has not done that. Um, But so I hope that when she does, it does gain a lot of success and the success will look different um, just given where the world, like how the world looks now. So we're still rooting for you, Normani. For sure. That was a nice little corner. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Thanks for putting this together. Episode 50. Episode Episode 50. 50. Wow. We did it, Joe. (laughs) We didn't know what that meant when we started this podcast. And now, now we've known for years. So that's beautiful. Oh my God. Also in our 2020 prediction episode, we were like, 
Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> I know. Like, it... <laughs> we were like, the questions were like, who's your, like, who's the top contender, but also who's going to win? And we were all like, Elizabeth Warren and Trump is going to win. So everybody was wrong about everything. You specifically said Trump. Sorry. <laughs> like Trump's going to win the election. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, that was a... uh we did like her. And I remember like also just very shortly before the pandemic started, I live a block away from the street that went viral for having like a Pete Buttigieg and a Bernie yeah. uh, sign in like two different parts of the house, like a house divided, whatever sort of thing. And then right before the pandemic, like Pete was out and then the Bernie sign was like still where it was, which was right above a basement area. And there was like blue light coming from the basement and it felt like a Bernie layer and I was like this is a beautiful time to um care about the trajectory of the United States and then I was so wrong about that but for a moment it was (laughs) I think that literally the week that we recorded that was also the week that I switched to being like exclusively a Bernie yeah girl bro yeah so it's also it really is a time capsule for so many reasons yep for the Normandy of it all, for the Elizabeth Warren of it all. <laughs> Multitudes. Yep. I wonder what we will be saying in this episode that will turn into a time capsule quickly. Meta. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's our show. That's our 50th episode. We can't wait for the next chapters that the B-Sides brings. Thank you for being a part of this endeavor. We're so grateful to all of our listeners. Of course, it's the end of the show, but not the end of the conversation. We can't wait to hear what you think. Let us know, especially on Discord. And if you have a second and you want to support us, please leave us a review on um, Apple Podcasts or on your podcast app of choice. The most recent review we got said we have bad mics, but we got new mics. So I hope that they sound great and feel free to leave a review that, um, you know, just buries that most recent one because we got new mics. And also they said really funny things that are, maybe we'll talk about in the discord or something. And also we didn't have bad mics unless we they were listening to bad mics. Those were nice mics. They were just getting carried away with being a Taylor Swift warrior on the internet. And to that, I say what I usually say, which is get a life and read a book. Read a book. Love you, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the B-Sides podcast. We want to connect with you. Check out the show notes to find our Instagram, Twitter, and join our Discord, where you can link up with us and other progressives who love pop. Please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review if you haven't already, and consider supporting the B-Sides on Patreon. Until the next time we cut to the feeling, I'm Mimi. I'm Becky. I'm Hannah.